0: Horror exists in the shadows when we see something that seems familiar but is distorted or altered in some way. It's unsettling. In this spooky season, we all crave the excitement of the unknown, the chill down our spine when we're certain we saw something just outside of our peripheral vision only to look and find that it's gone. How do we imbue our worlds with this sensation? Let's talk horror. Welcome to the Worldcraft Club podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you create the most immersive and gripping settings that will draw your audience back time and time again. I'm your host, James, and today I'm talking with Seth, my partner in this world-building journey. He's just written a new novel in the horror genre, and he was eager to share with us what he's been learning. We'll start by talking about what he's been up to lately, where the inspiration for his story came from. This is what we call the fairy cake of a given setting or the big idea or meta theme. It's the seed that his setting will grow from. So this latest one, you did a genre change
1: up. You're writing horror now. So it's still game It's still in my, my genre, gotcha. but I took a little bit of a turn. I actually have been thinking about writing horror for a long time. Actually, I've always been mm. fascinated by it. I don't read horror and I, don't like horror movies, Um, which is really Feels like not a great place to start. (laughs) Right? Right? Yeah. But then I stumbled upon a book that was sort of a cosmic horror. So I've always really enjoyed Lovecraft, and I've always enjoyed the horror elements of Poe. And so when I thought about horror and the kind of horror that I would want to write, it was yeah. very much that sort of gripping, mysterious, cosmic horror. Mm. And so as I set out to write a game-lit book with horror overtones, that's sort of the direction I went. This was really a, a shift into sort of a new realm for me. So I was really excited to explore it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So, like, um, it's I, I, I'm hearing where your inspiration is coming from with this, mm-hmm. looking at Poe and Lovecraft, but um, like, what prompted the the pivot into this genre?
1: So, like, <laughs> was there an <laughs> inciting event? What was the
0: inciting incident?
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is sort of weird, and and I don't know if I'm going to do a good, I'm going to do it justice. But listen, I go on vacation to a a cabin that's north of where i live we call it the cottage and the cottage has electricity but you have to shower outside yeah and there are not very many other places around and so you're in this forest and this forest of very tall very thin straight trees and all of the all of the branches on the lower branches have been Cut over the years to provide a view from the back porch of the, of the cottage out to the lake, right? Yeah. And so at nighttime, it is both very dark, like very dark, but also the line of sight is good. You can see for a decent distance because there's no like underbrush, right? So yeah. imagine, imagine with me, I'm standing out there taking my shower and all of a sudden my my mind snaps back to an experience I had had earlier that day where I was driving in a car and as I came around a corner, I locked eyes with a man who was half crouched on the side of the road, yeah, partly behind a branch, staring at me. And when I say staring at me, I mean, we made eye contact until I went around another curve to leave. Hmm. But he was in all black. He was bald and his eyes were huge. And I saw that and I was like, that was probably the weirdest experience of this year. Yeah. And then I didn't think about it anymore until I was outside in the middle of a forest at night taking a shower. Yeah. And I turn my, I remember I'm there, I'm lathering up. I'm like, all right, you know, it's cold. I'm, I'm happy for the warm water, but, but excited to go back inside. And I turn my head and what pops into my mind is what if that guy was standing behind that tree staring at me right now? Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a like fearful reaction at first in me of being like, oh no, maybe he's there. Yeah, it was like, a oh, what if what if he was what kind of feeling would I have? And at yeah. that point, the feeling came. So the yeah. feeling sort of followed this thought that I had. Hmm. And all I could think was, man, I want to write a book that makes somebody feel like this. Because I was freaked out. I was like genuinely freaked out. I I am not afraid of the dark. I don't. Care about dark. I walk around in the darkness all the time. I specifically don't turn on lights because I'm fine. Yeah, like I I don't care. It freaked me out. I don't think I've ever run upstairs in the darkness since I was like six.
0: Yeah, but you did this time. It was
1: wild. Oh my goodness, I did. I was so fast.
0: That's so funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I, dry off. I just like ran inside.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you mean. I have I've had, I, I am probably a a, a scaredier person than you. This, this sort of thing actually like is not uncommon to happen to me where I'll just get an idea in my head and, um,
1: you can't shake it. Yeah. It like plants itself. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it plants itself. And so actually I borrowed that idea of something being planted in the mind of the character Mm -hmm. for this story and also tried to make it scary. Tried to capture that feeling of what if he was right there staring at me? Just the whole time
0: yeah I, I i i like all i'm left wondering now is what the story with that guy is like i'm right? so curious as to like to what too. he was doing just chilling it was on the road so it was like i'm weird. gonna stare at this dude this dude needs a good st- staring <laughs> oh my like, goodness it was so weird so weird there could have been a million and one explanations but right? like i <laughs> don't think i'd ever get comfortable with any of them to be honest that is <laughs> that is too funny um so this is what prompted it it's, it's yeah that's, that's the <laughs> balding story. man dressed in black watching you
1: shower <laughs> right <laughs> that's the story behind <laughs> why yeah. I then when I sat down to write I actually said okay no I'm gonna do this I'm gonna write a a horror novel this
0: story leans into a common feeling of being watched but also adds a sense of credibility to it Seth actually saw the person that was the object of his anxieties in that moment There's the marriage between plausibility, or immersion, and the dread of the unknown. The movie The Conjuring nails this perfectly. Little is shown, but much is implied. I've included a review for this movie by one of my favorite YouTubers, Ryan Hollinger, in the show notes. It was actually also something we discussed at length in a prior interview I had with Zach Going some time back. There'll be a link to that in the show notes, too. So, like, the the technical content of the movie landed it at a PG-13, but they just went ahead and were like, no, this is an R. You can't have kids watching this, essentially. Like, they were just like, no, no, this is a horror movie. Like, you cannot do this. It was a fascinating thing because the movie was so frightening and built such a sense of dread and foreboding in the very atmosphere. You could cut it with a knife. It was so, it was so tense the whole movie that makes me think a lot about horror and its interaction with world building, this mm-hmm. idea that there has to be a plausibility. So you have to have a sense of immersion. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that, then that has to fuel uh wonder, which will interchange with dread in this instance. And so like, mm-hmm. As you were building out this story, and a lot of it seems to be a sort of horror of a psychological nature, yeah. um, did you find yourself adapting your world differently and describing your world differently, like applying it differently I than you used to? Yeah, I
1: did. So I tend to write fairly recognizable fantasy. Yeah. Most of my worlds have a lot of sort of common tropes. Because Mm. I really like the shorthand of being able to say, this is a X, Y, or Z. And people get it. People are familiar with it. They understand it. And it allows me to put my world in place with relatively few set pieces. Yeah. With this story, I realized fairly early on that I was actually bleeding tension from the book. By not having weirdness in the world. And so what I mean by that is it's one thing for the main character to experience the weirdness. It's another thing. If people in the story, like people around the main character are like, Oh yeah, you have to watch out for the ghosts. Yeah. Right. If, supernatural elements or horrifying elements are a sort of key component of the story, but you don't have other people in the world experiencing them, it bleeds a lot of the, it bleeds a lot of attention because that is just a crazy person's experience, right? The main character is now just a crazy person. Whereas if you have the other people in the story, if you have the, the surrounding cast, understand and have to mitigate against experiences with these people like, oh no, we wear, we wear our silver crosses, right? As a matter of course, when you start adding elements like that, I found it's a lot easier to increase tension because everybody knows that the tension is a possibility. And so your, your supporting cast will fear that tension as much as the main character will grow to. Does that make sense? Well, actually,
0: here's the parallel that I'm seeing in this. You have a lead romantic interest for your main character. How do you set the audience up to know that they should be interested in this person you have another character who is not the main character, that's right. Go, dang, they're cute. And then it goes from there. It can't be the lead character going, Correct. I am interested in this person. It has to be somebody else noticing it.
1: Right. And Elizabeth um, Bennett does not say Mr. Darcy how rich you are. It's somebody yeah. else who mentions how rich he is.
0: Exactly, and like the, the the it is for the main character to discover those things. It's for the yes. world to know it, yes. and it seems similar with horror. Um, at, least, really at least, at least way to s- put it. It was a weird parallel, but I was like thinking about it. I was like, that sounds a lot like the romance issue that, you know, you run into. It's like, you you don't know Ginny Weasley is pretty until somebody tells you she's pretty. And then suddenly Harry's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) like, and that's that's the point. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I've been I've been informed by a reliable source. But like, in the world building in this, it seems as if you need the other characters to to recognize the tension and to be adapting to the world in which they find themselves. and. Because of that, you haven't been able to lean into your tropes as heavily as you might like, which is a, right. an interesting thing. At least your tropes for your, your general, your, yeah, <laughs> your sort of my primary crutch- genre, your primary genre, and it, then you have you this it crutch- secondary. It's an interesting thing because like, I, I, I generally am in favor of the usage of, of tropes. They They help mm-hmm. people find their feet more quickly. They can be very economical writing. It doesn't excuse us from having to handle them well, but they still... You know, using yeah. them should not be a should not be an issue. With this, it seems as if you kinda had to take some of your some of your trope training wheels off a little bit and um, a little bit. kind of give yourself a little bit more room to describe things and let your characters yeah. in your setting convey what was going on. Yeah. Right.
1: So what I what I discovered and a lot of the feedback I got early on in the story that was really mm-hmm. helpful yeah. in in helping me flesh it out was that that horror, and actually, some of this comes from Worldcraft Club. So, if you guys aren't aren't on the Worldcraft Club Discord, like, oh yeah, there's value here, right? Horror, especially psychological horror, is found in the gaps.
0: Yeah, oh, it's found perfect. in yeah.
1: it's found in the mundane that turns out to not be mundane. It's found in the thing you recognize that all of a sudden reality peels back and you realize that it is unrecognizable yeah but if you don't have that initial recognizability the second thing is just weird right so it makes me think of the the bug alien the cockroach alien in men in black yeah he's not scary as a cockroach yeah but he's really scary as a cockroach inside some guy's skin that doesn't quite fit yeah and Uh, honestly like gap. yeah see yeah it's the gap that makes it terrifying and that,
0: that's the thing is like this This does tie into a lot of our like, you know, if, if you're, you know, you're playing WorldCraft Club bingo, this would pop up all the time. But this idea that you're laying down the breadcrumbs and allowing yeah. the audience to fill in the gaps in the middle. Like, the reality is is that while we while we recognize the need for that white space, right? That un mm-hmm. that unpainted area of your world that people can fill in, there still needs to be enough line work that people know what That's they're right. looking at, right? Like actually th- I was thinking about men in black the other day and they do that in this scene where, uh, you know, this like drunk kind of rural hillbilly sort of dude yeah. is um, being just a real jerk. And uh, you ca- so so you know he's going to die, right? Like in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's the, guy, the guy's a jerk. They're going to die. So yeah. uh, he goes out and he meets the alien. But what happens is that thing crashes and smashes his truck. And he goes out there with his gun to investigate. And when the thing grabs him and pulls him down, they have this extended, like, sounds of him screaming and ripping sound effects going on. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, sit here. He's still alive for, like, a big portion of, like, what's going on. You hear him wailing. And it's just, like, it honestly is one of the, like, for a movie that's not really its not horror. designed to be scary. No, that was comedy. actually... <laughs> scared the crap out i always found it really chilling because you're kind of like yeah. he's still alive like just oh, right. oh what's going on down there because they don't show you anything it's just in a right. hole you know right. but it's like you wonder what he did with the rest of him and it's like probably ate
1: him but like well and that and again it's the gap right it's yeah it's what shouldn't be that's where i found sort of the horror elements of my story flowed the smoothest when they were when they were cushioned or set in this in a scene that already had those supporting pieces yeah yeah that had the the fog that had the the weird weird creatures that you know but mm-hmm. but and you know you might know and are dangerous but like they're normal enough that everybody knows them until yeah. all of a sudden they're not until all of a sudden there's something different about it right it's the it's the flower that when you look closer has an eye in the center like the, the yeah. center of the flower is a you know a pupil yeah and you start going wait a second what's happening
0: yeah 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 it's that right? unsettling element it's yeah. not dissimilar to um sort of a, this sensation of uncanny valley where um, things become so so uncanny valley i'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes but essentially it was an issue that they ran into when creating human-like um kind of it's it's really robots robots essentially it's mostly robots but like it it exists in in 3d animation and things like that where you create something that is not human enough and too human at the same time and it is a very unsettling thing to look at what i love about what seth is doing here is that he's taking those familiar elements those tropes common stories that we all know the beginning middle and end of and altering them slightly using the familiar to immerse and the unknown to alienate this seems to be the real trick of horror that combination of familiar and alien Next up, we discuss something much older, fairy tales and myths surrounding vampires and the way those fears play on our understanding of the world. Another play on the idea of a slightly
1: altered reality being a great source for horror. I think, I think that's why traditional vampires were so scary. Mm. Because this is an apex predator who happens to look like a better version of you. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, Twilight ruined it, like just yeah. ruined it. But <laughs> before that, before yeah. that, vampires were legitimately scary and people and, and the urban legends around them made people act differently at night yeah. because they were worried about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of the fears that we harness in books as well. They they are um they're kind of they they're centered around very practical fears. You yeah. know, very reasonable fears or explanations for things that are unknown. And, and and the vampire with this sense of one the undead element of it, the idea about mm-hmm. taking someone's death away from them. And there is a um there's the disease element of it. I think there is mm-hmm. the idea that something looks human and is, uh, and is really, as you say, an apex predator. And yeah, that sort and of And you might invite it into your house. Strangers, yeah, that's yeah, the other you one. You might strangers. invite it into
1: your house and then it will yeah. eat you while you sleep.
0: Yeah, that is a ugh, there's a betrayal
1: thing. there.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially given that uh, I'm given to understand that in many medieval cultures, treating guests well was a very important thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, that that would fly against that uh, in yeah. the form of a bat. This is interesting. So we've talked a little bit about the way that you have adapted your setting. You've realized that but you they... couldn't lean quite so heavily on tropes that are traditional to your primary genre as you kind yeah, of move and, into and the Yeah,
1: maybe, and maybe I should clarify here. Yeah, yeah. You can use tropes, and I did use tropes. But what I had to do to make them horror-themed or to allow them to contribute to the horror setting was yeah. I had to take the trope and then I had to twist the end of it, yeah, into something that was different, right? I had to, I had to change it enough that it would produce the unsettling feeling as someone was reading through, yeah.
0: Well, I've I've definitely got the uh, title for this episode now: "Twisted Trope's Writing Horror with Seth Ring."
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that. fun, man. So, it yeah. was so fun, and I'm I'm going to do more of it. I think my first book is probably not going to be super scary. There were a couple of points that were definitely very, very chilling. Yeah. Uh, at least as as a writer, I felt it as I was writing, and and readers felt it for reported it my some of my beta readers reported it yeah i'm really excited for the second book in the series i think it's going to be even better we're really leaning into the world of sort of the, the shadow of the world if you can yeah. if you can call it that and i think that yeah. there's going to be a lot more room to explore there and i'm really trying to practice when I preach and take these tropes and, and massage them and, and move them and twist them until somebody who's reading it is, is going to get to the end of it and be like, oh my goodness, that's a new thing. And it's yeah terrifying. So as we begin to close out here, let's
0: talk about our key takeaways. First of all, horror is found in the gaps As I'd said earlier, horror, much like wonder, which we often talk about on the show, is found not in what is clear and well-explained, but in what is unclear or perhaps even blurry. What a visitant imagines is often far more chilling than what you're trying to create in the story. So leave room for horror in your story for your visitant to imagine. The second takeaway here is that you have nothing to fear from tropes, but planting them in a way that is a little askew to what your visitants are used to experiencing can be really effective. Another element that Seth touched on here was the utilization of familiarity with those tropes. What exists in tension with wonder, or in this case horror or dread, is familiarity. Your visitant needs to have something to key into which is where tropes come in. But what if you take that familiar thing and twist it slightly? Drawing your visitant into the uncanny valley. This tool can be extremely effective and heighten the discomfort with the setting. Lastly, world building in horror is critical. The world needs to feel the horror within the setting before your protagonist sees it. No one knows that the love interest is cute until someone tells them. The same goes with horror. The innate fear within a setting must be something that is understood by the broader cast of characters and felt within the setting. To combine it with the other two points above, we'd recommend subtlety here, and drawing attention to details that will let your visitant's mind wander into dreadful possibilities. Perhaps draw attention to all the people in a village wearing silver crosses about their necks, as Seth suggested. Maybe the shopkeeper has one hand resting on a cudgel whenever newcomers arrive, as if he anticipates danger at any moment. By way of conclusion, horror is found in shadows. Now, shadows are cast by light, but they're also distorted by it. When you're looking at a shadow, you're looking at a presentation of a real thing, but changed. This is the essence of extracting horror out of your world building, allowing enough of something concrete to shine through that a person can look at and name the shape they're seeing, but then allowing that shape to alter, to allow that sense of unease to drift into your visitant's mind. Thanks for joining us today on the Worldcraft Club podcast. If you loved what you heard here, please give us a horrifying five star review on your favorite podcasting app. It seriously is the best way to get the word out. If not, drop us an email via the link tree in the show notes. If you're looking to get more serious about your world building and want to join a community that can help you practice skills, check out our Discord also on that link tree. For Seth, I'm James, and I'll catch you next time on the Worldcraft Club podcast.
1: Sort of like those uh, live action uh, Lion King.
0: Yeah, yeah, the cold, dead <laughs> eyes of a warthog. Like that's what I wanted to hear, Hakuna Matata. Like, I could complain forever about like why <laughs> they which feel is, the need,
1: which is why I mentioned it.